2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. I was okay with my struggle in it because I was taught that this was a lifelong journey. It was slightly still unbelievable, but I, yet I had still believed it. I was like, this is, this is something real. And I just remember my, my biggest takeaway from that. I was, it's so simple. Yo, this is the Death of Life <laughs> podcast. I'm Richard Young. Uh, and today's podcast is with, with my girl, Annabelle. And this podcast is going to be a little bit different. Most of the podcasts, we hear like a lot of death stuff, but uh, yeah, so what is this podcast about? What would you say it's about? Um, this podcast is about the ultimate teacher teaching me about freedom. Let's go. And it's a, it's a good ride because we, we've learned so much along the way. So with that all being said, we, we, won't, we won't keep you too long. We want you to hear the podcast. So, uh, love y'all. Appreciate Appreciate y'all. Appreciate (laughs) y'all. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light, and it's on me. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. It's a new thing, it's a new seed. It's a new thing, it's a new dream. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. Got me singing like So, uh, we've been kicking it for how long? Um, I met you um, the September something. I think I met you right September. around when I got free, actually. You met me the weekend. Yeah. The week you got yeah. free. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I met you the week that that I got free. Yeah. Or the weekend. Yeah. I've only known you in freedom. Yeah, straight up though. Tyler knew me a little bit before and he uh-huh. tells me, I can't really remember how I acted towards him because I didn't really know him super well, but he tells me that I was, I was wilding out, man. 
Yeah, hey, you you were uh, you've always been um, intense. Yes, I don't know if that's the word. Is the intense well, the word? I've been uh, that term has been used when describing me. I wouldn't say that I'm intense, but I'm just. Do you feel intense? I'm very energetic and I'm very honest and out there. So it's like when you meet me, what you see is what you get. It's not like I'm hiding much, if anything. So because right. of that, I seem very intense because I like put everything out there. So you were intense growing up. You were intense like through childhood. Yeah, I've been intense my whole life. I mean, people in high school would tell me like they were scared of me. <laughs> like I've been intense my whole life. And in middle school, I was a bully. Apparently, I again, I don't really remember this stuff, but a friend of mine that I went to middle school with. She was telling me at her bachelorette party that I was a bully. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm so sorry. Like, please forgive me. Like, I didn't mean to be a bully, but I was intense. I've always been intense my whole life in every aspect of my life. I think one of the things that I have learned about you, uh, and I learned this when you came to visit uh, Natalie and I in Kansas City, and that is how innocent and naive you are slash were slash. And so, like, when we we recorded a podcast previously and we didn't put it up for, I, I don't even know why, but in talking about, like, old Annabelle, I think the thing that came out was you didn't really have a grasp on biblical stuff. You kind of just went with it, but you also weren't into really any serious trouble because, like, yeah. you don't, you, you didn't even know... I don't know how to put this. <laughs> you, you, you don't, you're not of the world. No, I really, you're, you're, you've been sheltered. Yes. That's a good way to put it. You're, you're really hitting it on the nail in the sense that I didn't necessarily know a lot about the Bible. Like I did my devotions and I wanted to be a good girl and I would, you know, pray and try and read my Bible every day. But like, I didn't really have this desire to look into the Bible, to learn about theology, to like really discover it for myself. I felt it more as a duty I had to do as a Christian to like read the Bible and pray every day. It's like something I just had to do. And um, because of that and because of the the family I grew up in, I grew up very sheltered. I mean, I am from a Hispanic Adventist family and um, my dad, I love him dearly. <clears throat> he really he really did a, an amazing job raising us, but he really, um, you know, sheltered us from a lot of the world. And that had its benefits, but in other ways, it really shielded me from a lot of things that I should have known going into <laughs> to high school um, that I didn't know. And I started to ask questions to people around me and it really opened doors. So, yeah, I definitely grew up very sheltered. And, and when you say it opened doors, like if someone's listening to this and they've heard a bunch of Death to Life episodes, yeah. you would think it's like we're heading down this dark path. That, no, <laughs> what you mean open doors is like. You started to understand like the first thing, like, yeah, no, like this is not one of those episodes where, where you're on drugs or you're, or you're the worst thing that I've ever done, I think is like curse. (laughs) 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 That's like the worst thing I've ever done. Um, and we may go a little bit. Remember when I came to your house and, and I, and I kind of confessed that thing to you about how I Uh, had watched uh some movies before and you know that Uh I remember you telling me and you were just like. Like you having said that that's the worst thing you've ever done is like so innocent in and of itself. And I hadn't really understood it 
because though I knew that there were people out there who did drugs and had these revelations and these great testimonies in my head, I was like, any little thing was like the biggest thing in the world. And so though, yeah, I have not done anything really major, um, in my head, it was major because around me, it was, it wasn't to be done. So when you're in high school and you hear about people doing this and that, and you don't really know what it all entails, but you hear, oh, this person's getting in trouble or this person went home with this person. Yeah. How, how, how did you think about that? What would you think about that? And were you like, why are you guys doing like, what was your mindset towards, you know, the world going on around? Because yeah. here's, here's something you went to a boarding mm -hmm. school and we've had a lot of people on here that have gone to boarding yeah. schools. Uh, you went to a very conservative mm -hmm. boarding school, but yet even still there's problems at boarding Absolutely. schools. It, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. So when, when you're hearing this stuff, what would you think about why people were doing what they were doing and could they stop? Did you think about it? Um, with the friends that I had in high school, I started to understand more about what actual high schoolers were doing, like having sex <laughs> and <laughs> dealing with real depression, dealing with broken homes, like things like that, that I'd never really been exposed to. I started to be exposed to that in high school. And my perspective really was just, that's them and I'm here mm -hmm. and I'm seeing it outside mm -hmm. looking in. It was nothing I could relate mm -hmm. to. It was nothing I would ever, I knew that I would never relate to that because divorce, mm -hmm. my parents made it very clear, was never an option. I would never really deal with depression. I knew that I was never going to have sex before marriage and things like that because of, you know, we'll get into that later, but. All of those things I knew I never really was going to do. So like outside looking in, I was like, that's something I'm not going to do. But also realizing that people did that. And I had, you know, people around me close to me growing up in high school that were doing those things. And th the position that I took was giving advice. That was the position that I took, mm. even though I had no place to do that because I had no experience yeah. in it. I didn't know what to do. I was giving relationship advice. I was giving advice about depression. I was, I mean, I was the go-to man for like, come to me for What advice. was your advice about depression? <laughs> well, I mean, it was basically like, I would go from the, from the point of view of I'm here to comfort you, but like, you're going to get through this. And, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily like, this doesn't define you and God sees you. It was more of like, I'm here for you and you're going to get through this and let me pray for you kind of a thing. But I mean. That's what I could offer. And I thought, and I, well, I didn't think, I mean, I really believed in that. I was there for those around me. And, you know, again, like I said, I had somebody really close to me in high school who was participating in a lot of, you know, things with her significant other. And I remember having very bold and vivid, like strong opinions about that and being very honest with her about it. And to this day, I still have, I'm very firm in what I believe in. And then I did. Uh -huh. And because of that, my advice or my conversations or just, you know, what I gave to people was coming from those very strong emotions. Um, uh -huh. And also it's the fact that like, you know, God has revealed to me over the past couple, you know, years, probably like just year and a half that I have this very strong sense of being able to read people. I can read people's like emotions and their body language and like all of it so clearly. 
And because of that, like, it was something that I would see how somebody was reacting or acting or just like living. And I would immediately Uh have thoughts and opinions. And like, when given the chance, I would share those. So Uh I was a very opinionated person and, you know, still to this day. But yeah, those that's probably the most that I did. Again, I had no experience with any type of relationships, depression, none of that I dealt with, but I still gave opinions and things like that. Did you have a pretty strong look at yourself and sense of yourself? Did you deal with any, you know, weirdness with yourself or were you pretty like, no, I'm, I'm pretty tight. I would probably say I was pretty tight. I mean, the biggest thing that I probably dealt with on a personal level was my relationship with my sister. But other than that, I was trying to read my Bible and pray every day. And that was something that I was like, I was okay with my struggle in it because I was taught that this was a lifelong journey. So I knew that I wasn't going to perfect reading my Bible and praying every day. And so I was just on this journey of like, I'm growing and trying to do that. And Again, I didn't really do anything bad. The worst thing that I did was like talk back in RA and I got in trouble <laughs> with the dean. <laughs> That's pretty much the worst thing I've ever done. So God bless. You. I know. <laughs> so I want to kind of jump ahead to 2019. 2018, you're a freshman, yeah. you're going into education. <laughs> um, did you feel like how did you feel about um who you were and what you were growing into, like your first year of college. Did you still feel pretty solid with who you were? Um, your first year? My first year was kind of a roller coaster in the sense that I was growing more into who I was as an independent person because I'd moved to the great state of Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. Let's go. And let's, let's go. go. And it was the first time I'd really been outside of the control of my parents. Like, even when I was in high school, boarding school, I was still only like two, three hours away from my parents. So I would go home for breaks. They would send me things. They would visit me um, as much as they could. But like, I was still kind of, you know, there. But when I moved Uh to Nebraska, it really was the distance that started to bring some, okay, this is life. Mind you, it's still college. Uh But um, Uh I started to grow into more of my own kind of a person, my own kind of style. and. kind of assert myself and kind of be an independent person. So that's probably what I remember most. Um, I should make a disclaimer that my memory sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've kicked yeah. this up, but I'll help you because yeah. I, I remember a lot Good. of stuff. So who, if you can remember this, maybe you can't, who was God? Who was God my freshman year? He was... Yeah, like to this po- up to this point in your life. I mean, I think it, it honestly was just the same old thing read my Bible, pray every day, um, do your best to be a good Christian girl. Don't curse. Don't have a relationship. Like not that relationships were bad, but again, like I said, I, I'll get into that a little bit later, but I had this like self-imposed like chastity <laughs> kind of a little bit. Yeah. And, um, so it really was just that it was go to church, go to Sabbath school, get involved, sing songs. Um, do your devotional and pray. It really was just the same thing. And it was this thing of this endless cycle of, you know, I try my best and I give God my all and I make a mistake. I ask for forgiveness, make a promise that I'm not going to do it again. And then 
again, repeats the cycle. I try my best. I make a mistake. And it's just like this endless cycle that never stops. So, so was God, was God like a routine that you were living in or was it an actual, he was an actual being to worship and that like actual had, actually had thoughts towards you and was moving in you or, or he was, was a routine. Just a routine. If, if we're looking at in those two ways, for sure, because after I got free, when I started to like listen to worship music and actually spend time in the secret place, I started to realize that I'd never truly worshiped before because when I was singing those songs and listening to those words, they would bring tears to my eyes. They would mean something versus before mm-hmm. I was just singing them. Like, mind yeah, you, if you like the melody, yeah, a like lot, I knew the words lot. and I would sing it. And if God were to ask me, does God love you? I'd be like, yeah, but you ask me now, does God love me? And it's like, it means something when I say yes. So it was for sure a routine. Yeah. Hmm. So we get to your sophomore year and I just want, I want to get to this point where you get this, in, like you run into Tyler mm-hmm. and whoever Tyler was, he was kind of like, you know, a big deal. I get, was he a big well, deal around Union's campus at that time? I think he had just left. I think he had just left, but I, he was still living in Lincoln and Basically, all that I knew about him was he was related to Nick and um, people had very strong opinions about him either way. They either really liked him or they didn't. And that's pretty much all I knew about him. How could somebody not, How could like, somebody Tyler, not like Tyler? Tyler Michael Morrison. <laughs> Tyler's boy. the homie. If you're listening to this and you don't like Tyler, man, just <laughs> just listen to just listen. To, he's, he's the best. OK, so. What is this interaction where he invites you to this thing? So he was in town with Love Reality and I was with a friend. I can't particularly remember who it was, but I was with a friend and he had mentioned something that there's this Bible study that's happening in a coffee shop and it's just a vibe and people are getting free. And I didn't know what that word meant, but I was like, cool. And, um, he was just like, yeah, people's lives are being changed. What we're talking about is super transformative and we're walking up the stairs and we're walking to the sanctuary and he's just like, you should come. I'm not convinced. I was like, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe. And we're walking and it's like, I remember this distinctly. We were in the foyer and he stops and he looks directly at me and he's just like, if you're tired of being lukewarm. Like, if you're tired, come to this Bible study. And I remember being in that time in my life where I had known what lukewarm meant, but I hadn't yet really defined myself as a lukewarm Christian. I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be closer to God. I wanted to really experience him. And when he looked at me, he was just like, Are you, you know, if you're tired of this, come to this Bible study. It really struck me. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm convinced I might go. I hadn't yet decided for sure, but I was like, you know, I don't hate the idea. So, um, church happens. Any- Before you go on, I want to set the scene here. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you just have jumped on it at season two, uh, welcome. Uh, but the first episode of season one is Tyler's story. And if you haven't heard a story, we, we reference it a lot because this big thing happened mm-hmm. and it kind of jump-started so much. 
but um, he and his wife were not on the best terms, but he had gotten this understanding of the gospel. And it's all building to this one weekend where we all show up to Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. It's like the end of September, 2019. And this is what he is inviting Annabelle to. Um, And so if you haven't heard Tyler's story, it's season one, episode one, his wife, Morgan, season one, episode two. Uh, and I really would love for you guys to hear that episode and because all of this will make sense. It's good stuff. Um, it is, it's great stuff. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, okay, he, he looked at me yeah. like it was a kind of a personal well, call to you. Well, it was more of like a, he's saying something that like I've been thinking about and that's like, whoa. Like I was like, mm-hmm. it, it just struck me. It wasn't necessarily that he looked at me, though that impacted me. It was the fact that he had mentioned lukewarm. And that was the thing that I was thinking about on the background with, you know, just it was just floating in my mind. So that's really what struck me. And so he invited me and I was like, you know, maybe I I can't really remember the days, but I couldn't go to the first night. And the first night it was at a coffee shop. And I was Wednesday night, Wednesday night. See, honestly, (laughs) I wasn't even there. And I know it was Wednesday. But anyways, so it was Wednesday night and I couldn't go. I didn't feel bombed, but I was like, you know, I kind of want to check it out, maybe. And it was Thursday night. And for some reason, Thursday night, I was feeling extremely overwhelmed. I couldn't really tell you what the thing was, but having known my old self, when I start to get overwhelmed, everything starts to seem like a mountain. Even though it may be Mm -hmm. a very tiny hill, I'm like, oh my God, that's the most biggest mountain I've ever seen. Um, Uh and so everything started to really feel overwhelming that night. I think it was like school and spiritual and just all of it. But a friend texted me and she was like, Hey, you should come to this Bible study. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to do homework. Let's go. So you're going over to Drew's house. You're not feeling awesome Mm -hmm. about the work you're doing. I'm not feeling very emotional. Okay. I'm feeling very emotional and I'm trying to keep it together. And I get to this house. And Jonathan there, Jonathan's there, and Tyler is there. And there are a lot of other college students that are there. And so I find a seat and I take my shoes off and I really just plop myself on this couch. And I'm just like, keep it together. (laughs) Do not cry. So Uh Christian was there as well. They started singing songs. Really was trying to keep it together. I did not keep it together. And I was crying. And honestly, I had, I can't remember who it was, but somebody looked over at me and I was crying as the songs were happening. And I think they think that I was feeling the music, but I really was just like crying because I was so overwhelmed. And, um, so anyways, they sing the songs and then Jonathan goes up there and he starts to talk and he just basically starts talking about freedom and how simple it's always been. And it blew my mind because my entire life, I was told that it's just like this constant thing that you have to go towards, this constant thing that you're going to grow in and you just have to keep trying and keep trying. And, you know, like I will never be at the level. A constant struggle. A constant struggle. Not a, well, like we grow, but it's not. Yeah. But we're, we're continuing it was to grow, more but it's like, the struggle that you would have. I would look yeah. at the older people in my church and be like, I will never be where they're at at my age because they're just 
more, you know, they've experienced more, they've learned more, whatever it is, right? And when he went up there and started talking about how simple it was and what God did and how it was just, his heart was always postured towards us in love. And that Mm -hmm. what he did for us was because we were something that needed to be like redeemed. It wasn't like he came down and then he's going to have his son die for us. And then now we have to just keep trying. It was like, sin had separated us and he came to reunite us so what what is the question that like uh you know he's explaining this yeah so before i went back to my room backtracking just a little bit before i went back to my room i had really received what jonathan was saying when he was talking um and it was just sticking again like i said it was this big thing of like it's so simple but i i I didn't have this huge walls i didn't have this big lie that i wasn't believing it was just something that was like slightly unbelievable. So right. I asked him questions and I, you know, I brought him to the side and I was like, wait, but I have questions. And every single question I asked, he went straight to the Bible and he was like, here's the answer. Go to this verse, go to this verse. And he did a really good thing of like guiding me through the process of like asking me questions in return so that I would discover it on my own. It wasn't just uh-huh. preaching at me. He would like ask uh-huh. me a follow up question, which was really cool. And he asked me this question. He was like, do you believe you have the spirit? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, let's pray about it. And Mm -hmm. we prayed about it. And it was after that prayer, it was slightly still unbelievable, but yet I had still believed it. I was like, this is, this is something real. And I just remember my, my biggest takeaway from that. I was, it's so simple. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. it was. And I go to my roommate and I'm like, yo, you have to come to these Bible studies. These Bible studies are mad wild. Gospel's being preached. She comes the next night. The next night we're at this church. It's a little on the outskirts of town. And um, that's when Eddie and Jayla were there. That's when you were there. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Everybody else that was there before, Jonathan, Tyler, and Christian were there that night. Uh And it's the same crew of college students. Plus my roommate. Uh-huh. And I think a, a, a couple of college students have brought some of their friends and we sing some songs and man, those songs were hitting for the first uh-huh. time in my life. Uh-huh. I was like, like in a different way. Like bro, it's just it different. was, well, no, it was just hitting. <laughs> like yeah. before, so before it wasn't hitting at all. <laughs> I was singing it. And I mean, in verses where it's like, God loves me, I'd be like, yeah, God loves me. But like, it was hitting this time. It meant something. And I was crying in those songs and bro, it was hitting. And then Jonathan goes up there and he starts to tell this testimony, this story of two friends that he has. And um, he's telling the story of their relationship and, you know, all that stuff. And it's a very powerful testimony. Um, And at the end, he reveals he's like, yeah, and those two people are Eddie and Jayla. And they were sitting right there on stage. I remember turning to me like, shut I was like, no way. I was like, no flipping way. (laughs) Um, I was, my mind was blown because I was so captivated by the story of just transformation and redemption. And they were just right there living testimonies of it. And it was, it was so powerful. And I remember just being like, bro, this stuff is mad wild. (laughs) Like people Uh are, you know, free and, and this stuff and hit, like, it was just crazy. And, you know, I think 
let me stop you right there. I think just hearing you talk about this and going back to that, that time, like everything was so fresh and new and exciting. And a bunch of us were just starting like, and this is kind of crazy and God bless Jonathan Leonardo because I, we would ask him questions like you're asking questions that before 30 minutes before this thing happens at this church, I'm sitting there on the couch with him and I'm, I have no, I don't understand anything about Romans 7. Was this the night where you had been in the car with Eddie and Jayla? And oh yeah, I just heard their oh, like shoot. I okay, just heard wild, their whole story. Wild. All right. And like I hadn't seen Jonathan for for a couple of years before yeah. that. And so it's like catching up with people and it's it was kind of it was a it was a surreal feeling. So all of these questions like all of us were just like beginning to walk in this thing. Yeah. And I was learning and learning. And now I'm like, oh, Jonathan's here. I can ask him these questions. And he was patient while at the same time being like, I'm not letting you off the hook. Like, you're going to have to like read this verse and read this verse and read that verse. So like, there's this excitement that like, you're hearing this testimony Mm -hmm. that's crazy. And I'm sitting there and uh, I just heard their testimony for the first time you know, three hours yeah. ago. And I'm like, yeah, this is nuts. And I'm hearing Jayla and she's testifying and Eddie's talking. Yeah. And then Jonathan kind of points me out and I start talking and I see Tyler and Tyler's crying. And I'm like, why, why is Tyler crying? <laughs> like, I don't get this. Why is he crying? And the reason he was crying is because he had seen the fruit of his labor. Like yeah. he had been pouring into me for eight months. Wow. And now I'm up there testifying. And so it's, it's kind of just like this wild night. So you're, you're sitting there and we, we stayed there for a while. Oh, we stayed there. We light like 1am. Yeah. We were there for a while. Everyone's praising. Like we, we'd like break out into groups Mm -hmm. and like, we're just talking to people and like, yo, are you seeing this? And people are like, they know something's going on and that the Holy spirit is in the place. But they can't, like, you can't put your finger yeah. on it, right? Well, Tyler, if you ever, if you go back to Tyler's episode, he mentions that night and he's like, it's something like straight out of the Bible. It was like, everybody was getting free. Everybody was getting the gospel. It was just the entire night people's lives were just getting transformed. I do want to share one thing, though. Um, <laughs> it was really weird. But Tyler came up to me after the whole... Um, after the songs, after the testimony, after Eddie and Jayla shared a little bit. And he comes up and he goes, go and ask, go and ask Jonathan about the secret place. And I said, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what in the world is the secret place? Like, what is that? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I went to Jonathan and I asked him, I literally went up to him. I said, hey, Jonathan, he goes, yeah, what's up? And I said, Tyler asked me to ask you something. And he's like, why? I said, what the secret place is. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. And uh, he pulls out the Bible and he he talks to me a little bit. And in that moment, he explained mm-hmm. it. I was like, yeah. I walked away from that and was like, I don't know what the secret place is. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I knew that it was something about like going to spend time with God. But I, I didn't fully understand. I don't really understand what's happening. Um, but I knew that the secret place was like this time with God. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, the night ends, people start, you know, getting in their cars and leaving. And I left with 
Robert Leslie and a couple other students. I can't remember who, but we get in the car and on the way back, I remember turning because I was in the, the front passenger seat and I was just like, bro, tonight was wild. And they just turned mm-hmm. to me and they're like, yeah, tonight was wild. And I'm like, no, but like tonight was wild though. This stuff is real. And like everybody in the car is flipping out. We're all like, this stuff is mad insane. Like this gospel stuff is just transformative. People's lives are being changed. Um, and it was just crazy stuff. And I remember Robert was just like, yeah, this is real. And this is our lives. And I'm like, that's cool. I was like, that's pretty neat. Like, (laughs) that's cool. Um, and so, you know, all of these things are happening in, in the Thursday night, Friday night. And it's just like, my mind is being exploded, but at the same time, I'm just like, this is so flipping cool. I don't know what's happening, but I need to share this with people. (laughs) And, um, anyways, so the next night happens and that's the night that we're at, um, it's the second night at Drew's house. And that's when everybody's in. I remember, and I think I've got this right now. Jonathan's talking about Adam one, Adam two, Saturday night. And Robert Leslie is there. A bunch of other students are there. And when he starts talking about Adam one, Adam two, though, I had literally never heard that before in my life. If you had asked me before that, what Adam one, Adam two is, I could not have told you, but he started to explain it. And it blew my mind. He was like, Mm -hmm. Adam one is what we used to be. Adam two is who we are. And he starts talking about these two realities and it's just blowing my mind. So the first, the first Adam, uh, Adam from the garden, Mm -hmm. um, is through this man's sin, sin into the world of sin, death. But Paul in a couple different places calls Jesus the second. Mm -hmm. And this section of Romans five, the end of Romans five, middle to end, uh, there's this breakdown of the differences between uh, the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. And so when you read it and you and you see it and you separate, okay, this belongs to Adam one, you know, condemnation, death, uh, transgression, but this belongs in Adam two, free gift, mercy, mm-hmm. grace, all these things, and you see that there's nothing in common with them. Yeah. Except for the name Adam. Yeah. And where you are seated is with Christ. You you are seated with Christ. You are in Christ. Yeah. And so everything that belongs to Adam one, that does not belong to yeah. you. You are secure in the second Adam. And so you're hearing this and you had never heard this before in your never. life. You never heard anything about freedom from <clears> sin. <throat> never. Adam one, Adam two. No. So as you're hearing that, are you seeing like what's taking place in the room? Like, um, cause this is the moment when, when yeah. So freedom. yes, a little bit. Um, I was pretty into what he was talking about, but I remember seeing from the side of my eye, literally, I saw the interaction between Eddie and Morgan and mm-hmm. I had no idea any background about Tyler and Morgan. I knew they were married. But I had no idea that they were not happy. I had no idea about, you know, uh, Tyler confessing any of like, I didn't know anything. They go into the back Mm -hmm. room and I remember for the next like probably 
hour or so, a bunch of people just coming back and forth between the back hallway. And like mm-hmm. Jonathan would come out and then he'd like go whisper to someone. And then like people would like, I, it was weird. It was, right? it, like, <laughs> I remember thinking, I'm like, yo, I want to know what's happening right now. Like what's happening. Um, and I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that Tyler had gone to the back and he hadn't come out for a while. So I was like, okay, something with Tyler Morgan, obviously, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, he starts talking a little bit more. I, if Jonathan comes back out, I think. and. I don't know. We start singing songs and I'm really, really feeling these songs. And you, you know, when you look back at those videos, I remember being there and just being so captivated by the lyrics to death was arrested and being Mm -hmm. so one with what was being said. And Mm -hmm. just like my heart was just out there. Um, But I remember we paused for a little bit. And I turn around and Tyler and Morgan are standing there. Jonathan is standing right there at the, the entrance of the hallway. Morgan's hugging mm-hmm. him from behind. And Jonathan mm-hmm. was just like, guys, this gospel stuff, it's real. And here's living proof. And in like the most 30 second synopsis, he was like, they were about to get a divorce. They were not happy. She was this and this. She's free now. It's basically, mm-hmm. he's just like, he like summed it all. And I remember looking at her and just like seeing the joy that they had, Mm -hmm. the joy and just the peace, like the way that Tyler was hugging her front, like her arms here in the front, there Mm -hmm. was such peace on him. It was Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, And people were crying. Eddie and Jayla were crying. And I'm like, I don't understand what is (laughs) happening. But I, I remember seeing that and being like, that's real. And I get to like, that's what I have now. So I feel like this was just the beginning. for you. Um, I feel like there's things that you understood, but you didn't understand them on a super deep level. You understood like there's this thing called freedom from sin yep. that I have now because I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have a de- a deep knowledge of like, or yeah. Did you know it was in Romans six? Did you know like this was no. in Romans six? Okay, maybe you didn't. <laughs> you didn't know it was in Romans six. I had never so, read but Romans you had, before that night. Okay, so you have that idea, and you're and you're like, okay, there's this thing called freedom, and because I believe in Jesus, like this is what I have now. Yeah. But it was, it was a beautiful, like emotional, yeah kind of transformative yeah. message but it was surface at this point absolutely even though i had only understood it on a surface level that did not negate the power and the the way that it transformed my life that night it was the biggest seed <laughs> that was planted like a fat seed <laughs> that was planted in my yeah. heart that would produce lots of fruit over the next like year and a half i mean two years now um and so 100%, I did not understand a lot of it. Oh, it's two and a half years. But I didn't understand a lot of it. And I remember leaving that weekend um, and really trying to understand more of it on my own and trying to remember the core thing of what's your relationship to sin, free from mm-hmm. and dead to. 
And it was that thing Mm -hmm. that really sparked this curiosity within me to actually read the Bible and figure out Mm -hmm. what this all means. And I remember calling my parents and exploding a little bit on the phone to them about forgiveness and how I didn't have to ask for forgiveness every day. And I was already forgiven. And he died for my sins like once and for all at the cross. And he didn't need my asking to make it like forgiven. Um, and it was that that really like blew my mind as well. But I just I remember exploding on the phone a little bit to my parents and they did not react super well. And I remember that being one of the first lessons that God was teaching me about. I'm glad you're excited. This stuff is real, but you need to know when to say and what to say. And that was one of the first lessons that he had taught me. I think it took a little while for you to learn it. Oh, for sure. Because it took a long time for me to learn it. Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm still (laughs) learning it. But what I'm saying is that was the first time that I had really learned, like I had really heard the Holy Spirit, like lovingly correct me. Uh And it was that, of course, again, it took a while. But, you know, I had never really heard the Holy Spirit before. I had never really cared to listen. I'd never really like any of that. And so hearing the Holy Spirit and knowing that what I said wasn't bad or wasn't wrong, but, you know, just learning when to say and how to say it and all of that, it it takes time and I'm still learning. And um, yeah, so that was one of the first things I remember. So you knew there was something different about you. Oh, absolutely. You believe there was something different about absolutely. you. And even though you didn't quite understand where all these verses were, and mind you, like, we're not even to the pandemic yet. Like the pandemic oh, is, the, the pandemic is four or five months away. Mm-hmm. It's four and a half months away. So there was no Zoom, yeah. anything. There was no... um how did you start growing in this? Like who were you going to Tyler's Bible study or his Sabbath school? Like what were you, how were you growing in? This? Yeah. Um, I was growing in going to those Bible studies. Yeah. Every Saturday morning, Tyler had a group. He led this Sabbath school. I remember I, that's where I would really go and just soak up most of what I was learning, learning more and more and more. And that, and also just really reading the Bible on my own time and mm-hmm. like reading it and then having questions and then bringing that to the Bible study or like bringing that to Tyler and then reading, having more questions. And it was just like, that was pretty much what it was. Um, and around that time, actually, uh, my best friend now, Megan, she came into my life and it was also her relationship in my life. That was an incredible blessing from God. Um, but she, I also learned a lot of lessons through my relationship with her because even though I was literally like a month in freedom, I was a baby. Mm -hmm. I had this opportunity to minister to her Mm -hmm. like a month into freedom and God really used me. And she ended up getting free like a month later. 
And um, so you're growing in this thing. Um, and I remember, I think because you were there, like there's something about the people that were there that were, we were kind of all tied together uh, from this thing at the end of September. Mm-hmm. And um, I, if you've heard Caitlin's podcast, like that happens three months after this thing in September. I think you were probably at the Sabbath school. Everyone's kind of learning and growing and it's kind of this wild kind of thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. Stuff's happening with me back in Kansas city. Um, And like, it seems like, like everything's going at 90 miles an hour and we're just like, there's, we're so excited. We're We're just on the This thing is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting when you were talking about how you saw Eddie go and grab Morgan and go to the back room. I never saw that. And the reason I didn't see that, and I just think it's funny, is because I was interviewing Christian. Because Christian was sitting in the center, and I do this thing where I just start asking somebody a question, and he's starting to tell his story to the room. Facts. And so it was like the first death to life. <laughs> Oh, uh, episode ever. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not on podcast wow. or in a Bible study or it was That's just cool. me. And so Christian starts telling his story and he's sitting there with his guitar yeah. and he's just talking. Um that's why I didn't see mm-hmm. uh Eddie to go talk to Morgan. Okay, I wanted to take a little break to tell you that I don't like Facebook. But I'm on there. And I'm on there because we have the love, reality, gospel community on there. And that is just a group of almost 3,000 people who, uh, and growing, who have received this truth and are growing in it. And like I said, I don't go on Facebook, but if I'm there, I'm in that love, reality group. And uh, there's so much life. There's so much good stuff. Um, so if you're vibing with us and you want to be a part, uh, go to Facebook and look up Love Reality Gospel Community and, and, and join. And then we can kick it. So we get to this point, the pandemic happens. Yeah. So we're just like, let's do a Love Reality tour online. Mm-hmm. And you show up to almost all of these. And you were so animated on camera. <laughs> That's what everyone was always talking about. Like, yo, who is this person? Yeah. Why is she so wild? And you would show up with like your night mask on <laughs> or something. And you would just be like, like super extra. Yeah. Like, we're just well, like, yo, Annabelle. <laughs> What's crazy is I was just, I was very comfortable. And mind you, I was very comfortable before. But what's mm-hmm. crazy now is like what I see the biggest differences, and people don't really see the difference because before Annabelle was vibrant and extra, post Annabelle, still vibrant and extra. But the crazy thing is, is post Annabelle, like free Annabelle, did not, was not vibrant and extra with the gospel. A, because she didn't Mm -hmm. know it, and B, because it made her uncomfortable to see people, like, raise their hands up in church or, like, stand up and clap or, like, that made her uncomfortable. So let me ask you this. There's a couple different things happening. Number one, there's starting to be some pushback to love reality. 
by this time I've lost my job. Mm. Uh, by this time, like people are saying weird things. Yep. And then secondly, you're growing, mm -hmm. like you're learning with those two things. Like, what was that like? Like hearing about the pushback and then what were you growing in? Like for the first year, like, because we did, we did, um, LRTs, uh, online. You guys had like two waves. Oh yeah. We did like five. Oh, really? Yeah, we did like five of them. Shoot, <laughs> okay. Um, how did you feel like you were growing in that? Um, so pushback was happening at home. It was happening here uh, on campus a little bit. And how was I growing and how was I handling that? The biggest thing that kind of, I remember I would call Tyler a lot and I'd be like, yo, I'm hearing this stuff. I'm dealing with this stuff. Don't know how to deal with this stuff. Um, and he would encourage me. And one of the biggest things that he mentioned to me that kind of really helped me go through it was you don't have to defend the gospel. It can defend itself. Like it's not, you're not there to like pick fights and argue and like stand up in a sense that like, you don't have to sit there and argue with somebody to make your point right, even though it may be right. So don't get me wrong. Stand up when, you know, stand up if the gospel, you know, is being persecuted, I guess. But like in my scenario, it would not have benefited me or those around me. And because he had shared that with me, I, though I had opinions and thoughts, and though I was hearing people share their thoughts, and at the time I was still a part of campus ministries, which means in campus ministries, um, it was a spiritual like group here on campus. And a lot of people would have spiritual conversations in campus ministries. And sometimes I would share my thoughts about that. And, and I would, I would really honestly be like, yo, this happened and, and this gospel. And again, at the time I didn't really understand it all and I couldn't mm -hmm. explain it all. So because of that, I felt kind of, well, not really. Even though I didn't understand it all, I didn't let that stop me from sharing what, you know, <laughs> what the gospel right. meant for me. Um, right. And that's another way that I was growing in. You don't always have to share everything. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you share certain things in certain ways at certain times. And so I think that was the biggest thing that I was growing in during that entire year was learning when to share, what to share and how to share it. And I'm still learning that and I'm still growing in that, but it really became a very prevalent thing because I had a position in campus ministries where I was able to speak my opinion. Um, I was around a lot of people. I was an opinionated person. I have a very, opinionated family and th there were just a lot of scenarios that it was very easy for me to just share and though it's not wrong and though it wasn't wrong of me to share there were times where god was like maybe maybe that was not the best time to share and i would be like okay yeah you're right it's it's if you listen to caitlin's podcast you know maybe 
five or six podcasts. No, we were all like listening three. to it, and we we're like, no, nah, don't, 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 you're, you're, don't, don't do that. Um, but it's like we think back to that time, <laughs> and we were saying some wild stuff. Well, one of the things we were doing was arguing mm -hmm. with people, yeah. and what we were learning so much, learning so much. And one of the things that we learned is like, if we're reaching so high up in the tree for the unripe fruit, we're ignoring the fruit that's like right by our elbow. Yeah. That if we just nudged it, yeah, like someone's ready to receive truth, yeah, because we're like really trying. And, and uh, that was a lesson that was tough. To learn because we were on fire. Mm -hmm. We were just like, oh, like for me, my life and marriage had been changed forever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, and um, you, you're walking in this thing and you're on a college campus and college campus is about ideas. You know, everyone's, you know, you're thinking, you're talking and yeah. hopefully you're learning <laughs> about what all these things mean. Mm -hmm. And you're learning just kind of how to communicate. Absolutely. And you are a, a forceful you're a force, mm -hmm. you're like, you're opinionated. And so <clears throat> there were things that you did that you would not do now. Yeah. And um, I had started a Bible study, like literally like a week after I got free. Cause I was like, yo, I need to share this stuff. And I started a girl's Bible study and it was through that outlet that I was having, you know, it encouraged me to do more personal study because I had to talk to people about it. I wanted to teach people about it. So I wanted to know it for myself. But again, um, I was still learning at the time how to share and how to be more effective with my communication with the gospel. And yeah, sometimes I was very forceful. <laughs> there were times where I was like coming for people with this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't do that now. But again, God uses everything for the glory of those, you know, who love. I think that's yes. or something like that. He works all things for good for those. Who that love. thing. Yes. yes. Um, and so I don't think that what I did was in vain, but I wouldn't do it again. And I've learned a lot from it and I've grown a lot from it. And that really and I mean, honestly, that was the biggest thing I was growing in in the first year. And there were a lot of other little things. Um, it was hard for you. Yeah. And I remember plenty of phone calls. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was tough mm -hmm. because you're like, why don't people get this? Yeah. Like your heart was also hurt for yeah. people. Yeah. Because you're just like, this is so good. Yeah. Why? Why are you resisting this good thing? And that that is also something that we learn. Yeah. Is that like the good news is bad news if you're married to the old yep. way. Like if you hear, it's not good news yeah. to everybody. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. yeah. And so we're learning about that. Um, my parents were just here this weekend and we had an amazing time, wonderful time. Love my parents. But like the conversations I have with my parents back in 2020, like I think they had to happen for me to learn. Yeah. I don't know if they had to happen. You learned a lot from them nonetheless. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're learning. Yeah. And I think that like, this is, this is why this conversation is important is because for you, for all intents and purposes, like 
you understanding a portion of this gospel was the beginning of your spiritual growth. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, I've arrived at every, yeah. you know, I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly yeah. places and no one yeah, can tell no. me anything. It's, I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so now I'm just learning about yeah. who I am yeah. and what this means. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, it was, it, it, again, I'm still growing in it, but it really was a big thing that hit me because I'm a very bold personality. I'm very opinionated. I like to share my thoughts and I love to guide people and teach people. It's my passion. It's what God has gifted me with teaching. And because of that, I wanted people to get this. And so, yeah, it, it took learning and there were many conversations that I would not repeat, but there were also seeds that were planted and God planted those seeds and the Holy Spirit's going to water it in his own time. And I believe that. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing. Another thing that I really grew in in that time was pride. Not growing in pride. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Letting go. <laughs> I became a much more prideful person False. after hearing the gospel of Jesus False. Christ. I became a much less prideful. Well, I, re I realized I was free from pride. But that truth, it wasn't like one night the Holy Spirit revealed to me like, you were a prideful person and you're free from it. For me, almost every single like real big revelation I've had has been gradual, has been something that I've seen. Like I've been able to, now that I'm free, I've been able to listen to the Holy Spirit as he shows me the fruit. And he's like, yeah, that's not who you are. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. And it's like letting it go. Or having him like wash over me with the truth and kind of, you know, refocusing. And so pride was the biggest thing for me because, I mean, when I go back home, even, even just having gone back home for a week in spring break, I see how much of my old self was pride. Mm. I started to learn how to treat others. And how to, how do I put this? Um, I started to learn how to like, well, it's not all about me, basically. And hmm. I mean, I can't really like, it wasn't, again, it wasn't an epiphany. Like, oh, it's not about me. Though I had those epiphanies, it was like in different aspects of my life. It was like in my relationship with my best friend, it's not about me. In my relationship with my parents, it's not about me. In my relationship with my sister, it's not about me. And it was just all of those things started to just be unveiled mm -hmm. as this thing of like, I was all about me before. And it was all about me. And I was not in the wrong. And I was fine. And my opinion was right. And I knew what I was doing. And you guys are wrong. And not being able to see that for what it was. And that was the lie of pride and having that gradual growth in like I was free from it. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was gradually getting free from it. I was free from it, but the truth was seeping into the different parts of my life. And, yeah. um, I had to learn how to give myself, not give myself. I had to learn how to, well, yeah, give myself grace when I would make mistakes, mm -hmm. when I would have those moments of the old flesh would come out with pride. Like I would give myself grace and be like, 
that's not who I am. That's dead and gone. Because there were... I remember... Sorry. I remember distinctly this phone call that you... Oh, God. (laughs) I got from you. And it was about... And this is a wonderful human being and we both love her. It was like something weird going on with you and Megan. Oh, yes. And you were crying. Yes. And you were just like... And I'm just like, what's the problem? Like, I, I just, I kind of asked the questions yeah. just like. You're very, you're what, very, let's just get to the core of it, you know? Like, what, what, why is that yeah, a problem? Yeah. Why is this going yeah. on? And like, all of this stuff that you had been uh, with old Annabelle mm-hmm. didn't even know it was a problem. Yeah. Now you are seeing yeah. it. And so I, like, I, I uh, interrupted you to tell you, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, yeah. like, what you're mm-hmm. growing in. Yeah. So we're into spring 2021. And what's kind of crazy is I don't know if we'll, I feel like we're starting to forget this, but how weird it would be if someone came to your house to visit during the pandemic. Like, do you remember how scary it was for people to even go places? Because like, what if you're sick and what if they're like, if you were, yeah. the worldwide pandemic was crazy. Yeah. And that just made me think about that. I remember. Because you guys. I remember it being crazy, but I don't remember being scared. Ever. No, but the world oh, was the world was terrified. Out. Like the world was fully. And I thought it was super surreal. Because <laughs> I was like, yo, this is like stuff we watch in movies. Like <laughs> we're in a pandemic right now. Like it was wild and having to go back home and. You know, being with my dad, who's a doctor, and I mean, he had some crazy stuff he had to go through when he would come back from the hospital. Like, he would immediately go to the shower. He would put his clothes in the washer. Like, he, you know, he was going through the... And I remember it being very real, but I wasn't scared. And... Um, oh, man. It was... I I already feel like the, we're forgetting it. Yeah, like, just a little bit. Well, the beginning yeah, of it all. I feel like it's slightly traumatic, and a lot of people want to forget it. Um. But I just, I mean, I, I went, I went home and, um, it was like going back into just the way that summer happens. It didn't really feel like school. Um, school was online and, and anyways, things were more chillaxed in a lot of ways, but a lot of things that was different about being home and being free was it started to become very, well, it didn't start to become, again, I'm a very old, like. I own who I am. I'm a very honest and open person. So I would go to Bible studies all the time. I was a, I was a Bible study junkie. I would go to all the Bible studies and um, I had no shame in inviting my family. I'd be like, hey, you should come to this Bible study. So this is where I'm getting to with this. You came and visited us in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I just think is hilarious is, and I'm, I'm saying it because <laughs> just go for it. You uh, you show up on a Sabbath afternoon, like one o'clock in the afternoon. You didn't leave the house until almost midnight. Oh, I know what you're going to say. And <laughs> when you left, Natalie and I were like, yo, Annabelle didn't go to the bathroom once. Why you got to bring that up? She didn't go to the bathroom once. Because we were just, because you were just talking and talking. But the highlight was you, I could see the wheels were turning and you were starting to get, yeah. it's like, like we had this conversation about what sin actually is. Yeah. yeah. And so we start talking about what sin actually mm-hmm. is and you're really starting to learn this stuff. And then a few weeks or a few months later, 
uh, this conversation happens with your sister-in-law. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, God has been preparing you <laughs> and preparing her yeah. this whole time yeah. for you to be able to communicate yeah. with your sister-in-law. So, like, what what happened there? Yeah. Um, I had really started, you know, ever since we had that conversation at your house, I really wanted to start to understand what sin was. And it took me a while to understand the concept of sin is lawlessness. It took me, mm-hmm. like, forever <laughs> to understand that. That's it's an abstract it idea. It is, but it, it's it really just like is. the verbiage lawlessness. Like you have to break apart the word. And it was that that really it took a while for it to sink in. And um my sister-in-law is a very God-fearing person. She has always been in her life. And um I started to be again, I was very vocal with you know my thoughts and, and things like that. And I remember inviting her to some Bible studies, I think, a couple times. But she started to really not question, but she started to really dive into things. And she would ask me a lot of questions. She would like text me questions Mm -hmm. or she would text me revelations. She'd be like, yo, I read this and I never heard of this before. This is wild. And um, I text her back and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this stuff is real. Like, it's true. Like, this is some good stuff. And I would try to teach her some some stuff. And um, man, she just like, it was just like one night, it just clicked. No, no, now I remember what happened because I pulled it up on my phone. <gasps> I commented yes! on a Facebook yes! thing yeah. and it got contentious on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her a message uh-huh. and... We're going to have to get her on here. At some oh, for point. sure. I sent her a message and then we went back and forth and then you have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because she started to actually really ask phone. me questions. She was like, yo, what is he talking about? And that's when I started to really like share like, because again, as I was growing in the, in the understanding of when to share and what to share effective communication in the gospel, I started to not share everything with my family. And it wasn't like I was scared or I was holding back. It was just, it wasn't the time or the place. And so when she started to ask me questions, I got so pumped because I was like, the floodgates are opening. (laughs) It's time. Like I got so excited Mm -hmm. and I started to share stuff with her and yeah, she, she soaked it up. She got it and she got free and it was wild because it took me like a solid, like two, three months. Like she was free. Don't get me wrong. But it took me like a, a while for it to really soak in because I, it was something that I wanted for my family. Like immediately when you get free, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of other listeners, you want those close to you to get it. You want everybody to get it. Like you're just on fire for this stuff. You're like, yo, this stuff is transformative. You need to know this stuff. And some of the first people that you want to talk to is your family. And I wanted my family to get this. I still want like my family to really get this stuff. And um, having my sister-in-law really accept that she was free from sin and this gospel stuff was like, this is crazy. Because. It's a a blessing and a testament. Oh, it was. Yes. It was so awesome because 
though I had people around me to share and talk to about this stuff, I finally had somebody in my family that I could like talk to about this stuff that I could confide in when I was at home. Cause there were times at home where I would go to her and I'd be like, you know, right now I'm really struggling. And she would just affirm me in the truth. Like, when was it? It was like this past weekend or something. I mentioned something about I was I was scared about something. And she calls me an hour later and she's like, I forgot to mention this to you, but you do realize fear is not a part of who you are. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, God did not give you a spirit of fear. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And so it's just like, like, I finally had somebody to like share that with. Um, <laughs> it was really funny. That's awesome. That's so yeah, beautiful. It was really cool. And so I'm seeing this, this story of, of Annabelle getting free yeah. in 2019 yeah. and learning and growing in 2020. Yeah. And then in 2021, you're starting to see fruit of your labor. Yeah. And then, then you're coming up to probably one of the hardest years educationally in, until you either get your master's or doctorate. And, um, you're, you're, but you're coming down the home stretch. Like how, how have you navigated when the enemy tries to accuse and lie to you? Yeah. Um, well, the biggest thing that I do is I, I, I go to the secret place. See, I understand what that means now. (laughs) I finally (laughs) understood. And I, I couldn't tell you when it sunk in, but you know, I go to the secret place. I go and I talk to him and the secret place could be anywhere. It could be in the bathroom. It could be in the hallway. It could be in my car. It could be really anywhere that it's just him and me. I go to him. And the biggest thing that I do that I've learned works for, well, anybody really is because I'm a very emotional person. Um, I go to God and I just bear the emotions because one thing I learned the hard way was pushing down your emotions. That ain't it. And that's not going to solve anything. And I learned that the hard way um, because I thought that speaking truth over yourself was like pushing it down and like pretending it didn't exist. But one of the things that I've learned about feelings and me is I go to God and I'm like, yo, God, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty upset right now. And I'm not having this situation or right now I am very, very sad or right now I'm feeling very you know, angry, you know, whatever the case may be, I go to him and I bear my heart and it's there where he speaks to me so clearly and he just washes truth over me. And it's there where I cry in the comfort of his arms. It's there where I hear his, his kind words over me. And he's just like, go back to the truth. You know who you are. This is not who you are. Don't let it define you. And it's just those simple truths that he'll just wash over me in the secret place. And I mean, I, talk to him all the time. That's how I deal with anything that, you know, the enemy's trying to throw at me. But, you know, I'm going to be a teacher in my own classroom in a couple months. And I am so beyond excited. But I'm <laughs> so excited because and I, I'm really starting to see a big picture as I share this testimony with you. My testimony is He's just been teaching me how to teach. The Mm. ultimate teacher has been teaching me how to steward my words in truth and teach it effectively. And like it's 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 teaching in all aspects. It's teaching with just a life lived or it's teaching with my words. 
Because one of the biggest things that I've learned aside from teaching with my words and like actually sharing Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. when I want somebody to get the gospel, sometimes I've had moments where like with my cooperating teacher right now, I ran into, you know, I first met her and I was like, yo, God, I really want her to get the gospel. And I instantly felt this, like this huge, like burden and weight. And Holy Spirit was just like, that's not, mm -mm, that's not it. And I was like, yeah, you're Mm -hmm. right. And he's like, the only thing I've ever asked you to do is just live. My job is to do the transformation. Your, your job is to just live out the truth. And my life lived is, 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 is teaching others. And I also get to carry that into my classroom with my students, but having just learned and I will continue to learn how to use the right words to share the gospel. I will be able to share that with my students in my classroom. And I'll be able to share that with my community in my classroom. And it's something I've never seen before. Gospel in the classroom is something I have never seen that before. And the crazy identity, right? Huh? Identity, right? Identity. 100%. I, I wasn't taught that growing up and I've never heard that taught. I mean, I've never heard that taught in a classroom setting. And I know because Christ told me this a long time ago, you know, after I got free was your classroom's going to be different and it's going to be different because you're going to ground your classroom in truth. And because Mm -hmm. everything you do is going to start on the foundation of truth, start on me as your foundation everything's going to look different. Your discipline's going to be different. Your teaching of of subjects, science, math, history, that's going to be different. Your the way that you communicate with your students is going to be different. The way that you meet them where they're at and meet their needs, whether emotionally, spiritually, physically, that's going to be different. The way that you communicate to parents is going to like all of it's going to be different. Because that's like the gospel is like, it's, it's, it's different from what I've seen. And so having that in mind and doing my student teaching, though right now student teaching means I'm in another teacher's classroom and I have to abide by the way that they do things. I can Mm -hmm. still see how my classroom is going to be different because I learn from other teachers and I see the way that they steward you know, teaching, but I see the gift that he's given me and I see everywhere I've grown and how I'm going to continue to grow. And I'm just really excited because it's his classroom and it's his school. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I've never met anybody like you. Um, if if I could describe, if someone's like, yo, who's Annabelle? Like, what does she care about? It's like, number one is Christ in her, mm-hmm. the hope of glory, like the gospel. Yeah. That's number one. You know, one of the biggest things that when I first met you is I instantly knew that we were going to get along because, <laughs> well, I just knew it because I think in, in many ways, maybe a couple ways, you and I are very similar. Um. Because you are a very bold person as well. 
<laughs> you're also been, yeah you like you I've like to told, share yeah. the gospel clearly um uh-huh. you like you like to <laughs> you like to share your opinions but like i know that if i'm feeling some type of way that i can call you and you're going to call me out on it like and i know yeah. i can get that from anybody in, in, in the truth but like sometimes when i just really need another me <laughs> talking to me i'll call you like i'll be like yo i need somebody to just like get it together let's go you know kind of a thing in the most loving like stern way where it's like you know who you are (laughs) like don't even play like the other night when i called you i called you like a week ago and i was freaking out because i was overwhelmed with finances and all of that and you were just like yeah. And I mentioned two big lies and you were like, those are lies. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he's like, okay, then <laughs> we, we're, 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 we're family. Absolutely. We're family. So no, but uh, thanks for, you know, when we recorded this the first time, I didn't know where we were going. And just in the car today, I was like, oh, the story, Annabelle's stories of her growth in Christ from learning about freedom. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a different kind of podcast than we've than we've had before. Yeah. But I was like, that's the story, and it's an important story yeah. to tell. And so, um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for telling the story. I love you. Appreciate you. Got me singing like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. You can feel the freedom from within. Freedom fly, be the child that you always been. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag death to life and let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Prusha. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all.